0: OTA? More like OT. Yay! Let's talk about that. We finally got something like real football. Even though it's not technically real football, it's at least somewhat close to real football. And I am excited to just see some Panthers in uniform again. But we still can't get Bryce Young's jersey for another three months for some reason. Oh, that's right. Because Fanatics is trash. If you ever hear me compliment Fanatics, just know that you need to send SWAT team to my house because I am being held hostage by a terrorist because there is no way I would ever pay them any compliments whatsoever. So welcome to the Daily Panthers podcast. My name is Wes Taylor and this is the Panthers Daily, you will get a daily dose of the Carolina Panthers Monday through Friday, except for yesterday. I missed. I apologize. You know, it really is hard to make a daily podcast every single day in the off season when you have a full time job that is not this, and also you don't make any money off of this. So it's literally just for fun. And then you have to balance like, am I still having fun with this? Is it enjoyable? Do I need to make a podcast today? I don't want to make content that isn't good, but I want to have content for every day. So we're at an impasse with that. It's like, do I record a podcast that isn't good or do I record nothing? And just for anyone who's doing anything multiple times in a row, the key is to just do it, even if it's crappy. So, like, you will definitely hear some duds you probably already have for this podcast. So. I would suggest to anyone who has any routine going, even if you do it poorly, just do it. I That's how I got through my marathon. It's like whenever you have to train in the middle of February and it's cold as balls outside, the key is to just do it anyway. Even if you take 10 minutes longer than you're supposed to or it really sucks or you just like are not hitting your times at all, it's better to just do it really poorly than to not do it. So that's my encouragement for you today on this beautiful Tuesday is to do it, even if it sucks, because you have to, you have no other choice but to do it, even if it's 30 minutes shorter than what you wanted. Just, just do it, you know, just do one. That's the goal. It's really, it's just do the first one. And then after that, you'd let it ride. It's like doing laundry, just fold one shirt. And then after that, you can do a rhythm and you could stop if you want to, but at least you did one. So do what you can do control what you can control. Um, That's what we're trying to do here at OTAs. The O, remember, organized team activities, but the O really should stand for optional. OTAs are a completely optional, non-mandatory, not in the contract anywhere. It is not legally able to be required by the NFL per the NFL bargaining agreement, collective bargaining agreement, or CBA. If you don't know, well, now you know, Mr. President. And I just want to make sure everyone understands that. So if we have a guy who's not at OTAs, like a Hayden Hurst, then you should not be alarmed. And, you know, maybe you should be alarmed for different reasons, but it's not because they are expected to be at OTAs. We have some vets who maybe don't practice, who maybe aren't there at all, or maybe working on something else, if you remember correctly. Or if I remember correctly, Hayden, not Hayden Hurst, he's not there this year. Uh, Robbie Anderson was in Florida doing his own thing last year. And, you know, it's its not a good reflection on that if Robbie Anderson is who you're comparing yourself to, Chosen Anderson. Sorry, Robbie. Sorry, Chosen. Uh, but if you're comparing yourself to him and the struggles that he had, then... It's not good company to be in. So you'd like to see everyone at OTAs just based on the fact that you want to see the team together. It's a chance for cohesion, especially with such a young quarterback. You want everyone who can get dialed in with him. We only have, I know it seems like a long time for us fans, but you're talking about a rookie quarterback who just got there. Let's see, the draft was in April at the end of April. So he was drafted a little less than a month ago so and he's only been on the field a couple times for like actual organized team activities and so we had rookie mini camp and we had otas starting now so it's really not that much time and then the season starts in like late august early september so from here to now that's june july august yeah about three months and then the season starts so I know it seems like a long time, but it's really, really not for someone like Bryce Young, who is brand freaking new. So it's important for us to get as many guys as we can get there now. And because also outside of Bryce Young, we've had a lot of turnover. We've had guys who just got there this season who are in some major spots. We need someone like Miles Sanders. I haven't heard anything about him. I don't know if he's there or not. Um, And then Hayden Hurst is not there. No alarm there. Well, maybe a little alarm. He was having surgery on a sports hernia and I did you all the favor and I went to look up exactly what a sports hernia is and what the surgery looks like to repair it. So apparently if it's really bad, you can get a sports hernia surgery, which is pretty brutal. You can look it up on YouTube if you want, not for the faint of heart. If you get grossed out by blood or you faint easily, do not watch it but if you don't think easily it is kind of interesting to see it Uh, but you know i always think about professional players in any sport and how quickly they're able to get medical treatment and medical diagnoses so if you think about like when a guy breaks his ankle and in the first quarter and you know by halftime whether or not it's broken and they say oh the x-rays are negative or the They never say the x-rays are positive, so they just say that it's broken, so they find out within like 30 minutes whether or not they are going to be in the cast for eight weeks, whereas us laymen, it takes us maybe a a whole day, a couple couple days to get an appointment unless you go to the ER, and then you have to pay exorbitant amounts of money. We're not going to get into the healthcare system, but I always compare that when I hear someone getting surgery, so... If you've ever broken a bone or you know had any injury or something, I feel like very few of us actually get a surgery. That's not usually the first option. They usually don't want to cut into you as the first option. I've broken a few bones that I've mentioned before on this podcast, and never once have I gotten a surgery, but I feel like for every break or tear or anything in the NFL, it's like automatic surgery, and I never know whether it's concerning or not, like they'll get surgeries just like so casually like, Oh, they got a surgery. I think it was Kobe maybe who gets surgery to just drain their knee. I'm like, I guess for people without money, we just go without the surgery until, until the pain is too much to bear anymore. Uh, But for athletes or rich people, they just, that surgery is the first option because they can afford it. And it's the easiest road to recovery now. I don't know. And I don't know with sports hernias. From what I could tell, it was like the most extreme cases or the worst sports hernias usually require surgery. But also with everything I just said, it's like, was it a bad sports hernia? Or is Hayden Hurst just have access to medical professionals who are amazing and it's just easier for him to get the surgery and quicker? So neither here nor there. Not a knock on anybody or anything. It's just... A statement of, I don't know how serious this surgery is. There was no timetable on his return right now. This is relatively new information. We actually didn't even really find this out until he didn't show up for OTAs. I guess all of Charlotte media has been too busy asking Bryce Young about his height. So, yeah, it's like every coach that the media talks to, they have to ask that question. It's, it's the requirement. It's like the bibliography On the end of the school report, we got to ask the question and the answer is the same every freaking time. So can we move on to a different question or a different line of questions or a different something? I compliment Joe Person a lot on this podcast because I really like him as a writer and I hope he stays our writer for a long time. Um, But also I've read other teams writers and they're usually good as well. Um, Joe's really good too, though. And he wrote an article about Bumper Poole, who was an undrafted free agent who he brought in for a top 30 visit with problem in his hips that he had to get replaced. And like that was a really good story because it was something that hadn't been covered about someone who is an interesting person with a lot of history and a lot of production and talent at the college level who is trying to make the jump. Those are the types of stories I want to hear. Those are the types of questions I want to see. And that's the type of writing that I like to read because this Bryce Young height thing has been beaten to death since he was a freaking freshman in high school. It's been beaten to death. We've done it over and over and over. And everyone who questions him asks him over and over and over. And you know, it's that reporter or interviewers first time asking him that question, but it's our 156th time hearing that question being asked. And, you know, Bryce Jones can give you the same answer every single time. So it's not like much information is being gleaned from that. And I think that's a big problem with media in general is that they don't do a lot of research on what has already been asked, what has already been done, or either they just don't care and they just want to ask the question anyway. Maybe they think they'll get a different answer or they're just lazy. Or I don't know. You know, if I was an interviewer, with these guys, I would definitely be asking them questions outside of what how their height affects their play. It's like, how how many different ways can you ask that? And then they have to ask each individual coach about the height piece as well. They ask Thomas Brown, hey, how does height figure into this? You were a short player. They ask Frank Gregg, how does height figure this? You usually have big quarterbacks. Josh McGann, oh, how does height figure into this? You were a tall quarterback. It's like... They ask the same question, but then try to put a spin on it from the person who they're asking its perspective of. Even if they were to ask a defensive guy like Brian Burns, they'd be like, so as a defensive lineman, how does the quarterback's height affect how you approach? How will this affect Bryce Young's approach? Blah, 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 blah. How are we going to ask the same question 78,000 times? Let this man be his height. Let's end it. I am ending the Bryce Young height conversation right now it is over we get it this man is short he is a normal average American male's height which is short for the NFL standards we get it oh it's not just that he's short he is also small oh 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 okay I didn't know thank you so much Thank you so much for clarifying that. Uh, We all were very curious about your thoughts about Bryce Young's size. Um, So, yeah. Great job, everyone. Great job. We all discovered. It's like we didn't already know this. Okay. Oh, he looks a lot shorter standing next to Brian Burns. I said that. That was me. I'll even mock myself. It's done. It's over with. The conversation is done. Okay. Okay. Okay, the rest of these NFL fan bases can make all the jokes they want and they can do everything they want to do to downplay, no pun intended, gosh, I hate myself, uh, but downplay his height and his weight. It's not going to matter. He's our quarterback. Let's move on. And Frank Greg said as much as far as him being our quarterback, not just with his words, but with his actions. Andy Dalton took the first and last snaps with the ones And other snaps in between, but Bryce Young got the most snaps. Uh, We don't know every single thing that happened, because there is a cameras-off portion of OTAs, as always. So, all in all, it seemed like everything went really well for Bryce. And all the rest of the players, it's OTAs, so we're not getting into anything too wild. But, all in all, it seemed like it was a productive day and Bryce Young actually was complimented by Andy Dalton because he found a tag that was wrong in a play for OTAs, and Bryce Young brought it up, and it was corrected. Now, was that a test? Was that a $100 bill in the back of the playbook test or a blank CD a la Jamarcus Russell? Maybe. I doubt it. Bryce Young's quick. Quick as a whip. Very witty. Very smart man. He had a 98% of the S2 test. We've heard all this. And, you know, it's probably not that big of a deal. But it is nice to see that he is actually reading the scripts. And he knows what's going on. It's not just a show. I will say, this man does not do us any favors with podcasts and giving us content. Because he says the same things over and over and over. And he always says the right thing. And there's nothing really to debate. You're like, if you've ever played, like, my player on... NBA 2K or NFL. What did they call that? It was pretty bad. It had the actor from Night Shift. Uh, it's like Road to Glory. Not Road to Glory. That was for the NCAA games. Their version of that, where you start off as a high schooler and you make your way up or whatever it's called. Either way... Um, I lost my train of thought on that one. So so glad that I remembered who that obscure actor was from that show. Uh, but oh, he, he sounds like he's literally pressing A. You have different options on them. Like B is like the cocky response. X is the indifferent response. A is the like team first response. And Y is something else. I don't remember. But it always sounds like Bryce Young is just pressing A in these conferences. These press... Press conferences where they ask him a question. He just says, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to win, just trying to do what's best for the team right now. The focus is that. Uh, the standard is the standard, et cetera, et cetera, Coach speak, coach speak, coach speak, platitudes, whatever. He will get into some specifics and stuff, but you know, he always says the right thing. He was uh, pictured with Tom Brady and some other stars from the NFL, and um, he said he learned a lot and asked him a bunch of questions. I don't know if he and Tom Brady had met before this or if they were friends or if they had spoken before this, but it is interesting that he'd go behind enemy lines to Thomas Brady. But I'm sure it was a fun experience for him talking to, unfortunately, the greatest quarterback ever to live. But neither here nor there. And I think that that's pretty cool. And uh, all in all, you know, you're happy to see Bryce Young out there. You're happy to see the guys out there. You're just happy to see football. And I hope that Hayden Hurst gets better soon. That sports hernia is no joke. I looked it up, y'all. And apparently it is from... So a lot of twisting and cutting really quickly, like football, makes sense. But apparently it's like a tear, small tear and it's in your groin. So basically he like from what i could tell like slightly tore his groin or it's really aggravated and inflamed something along those lines in his groin area. I don't think it's technically your groin. I'm not totally sure. I never thought i'd say the word groin so much on this podcast. But you can basically your legs get too strong or too active and your abdominal muscles aren't as strong or as used apparently. And, um, over time it can cause you to get a slight tear, slight inflammation, and it just keeps getting worse and worse until you fix the problem. And apparently it's like, if you work out or like do things with it, it makes it worse, but it gets better whenever you, it feels better whenever you rest, but it cannot get better with just rest. So this had to be done. I don't know why they waited until this point to do it when OTAs were starting, when Hayden Hurst hasn't played football since... See, he was with Cincinnati, and they lost to Kansas City in like, the beginning of February, and it's now approaching the middle to end of May, and we're just getting this surgery. I don't understand it. Same thing with Brian Burns. Excuse me. I don't know if it's just because... They were getting second opinions or they were looking to not do surgery, but I just don't understand waiting this long to get this. And Bryce Young's not going to be able to connect with his security blanket for a little while. I don't know if it'll be June or July before he's actually able to throw with him and get on the same page as him. At this point, you got to think that he and Hayden Hurst haven't exchanged a pass yet. Have they even met at this point? I don't know. But I hope that they're able to soon. And they mentioned that Adam Thielen also had a great one-handed catch. So that's nice to see. And um, yeah, I think all in all the offenses looked good. We didn't hear too much about the defense. Jeremy Chen had a pass breakup. And along those lines, Frank Reich mentioned that there's even more places for Jeremy Chen to go than originally thought. Which is kind of hard to comprehend. And also not exactly sure what he means by that. You know, this defense is very versatile, versatile, however you say it, positionless, as I've mentioned before. So I don't really know where Jeremy Chen is going to end up exactly, but it seems like Frank Reich and others kind of have the same idea that the fans do that he needs to get closer to the line of scrimmage, but also he can play pretty much anywhere you want. He's kind of that Swiss Army knife of players where he can go anywhere on the field do anything you need him to do, and really take the defense to the next level. So I think that this could be great for him. And I think that his career is about to see a resurgence. I think that Jeremy Chin has just kind of had a few issues finding his way after his first season and um, his initial starting out of the gate. So all in all, I think that... Jeremy Chin is going to be utilized better this season than he has his whole career. And it's just nice to hear these coaches. I give these coaches so many compliments in their press conferences because it's just such a breath of fresh air to hear coaches who know what they're talking about, who have a clear plan in place, who are executing on that plan and clearly have an idea of what they want here in the NFL and for this season. And I think... It's just like you don't have to have to have somebody who's just stumbling over themselves and saying a bunch of nonsense and literally lying in the press conferences and saying things like you want to be a power-run offense and then going out and throwing it 55 times a game and giving up on the run after the first quarter. So I don't think that's going to be the case with Frank Reich. Uh, they also mentioned that Bryce Young is going to be under center more than he's ever been. In his entire career at Alabama. But also, I didn't think that Frank Reich's offenses were under center that much. I mean, any amount of under center would probably be more than what Bryce Young had at Alabama. But to be honest with you, I don't remember Frank Reich's offenses running out of under center that much. I'd have to go and look up the stats with that because I'd be curious to how many snaps when he was coaching the Colts they went from under center, and how many they went from in the gun, and I wonder what the league average is with that as well. Uh, But also, I think an underrated thing with Bryce Young, too, with his height, if you want to harp on that fact, is that he will be able to hide a little bit more. It's like, okay, if he's quote-unquote too short to throw over the defensive lineman, or offensive lineman, either one, then isn't he too short to be seen by the defense? Will they have any idea of what's going on in the backfield if they can't see him? If you have someone compare him to the prototypical quarterback who's 6'2", 6'4", he's half a foot shorter, are you going to be able to see in the backfield and see what's going on and be able to track the ball? I think that's going to work to his advantage, especially in the play-action It's like they're not going to know where the ball is if if we want to make that comparison or that complaint about his height. You can't have it both. You can't say he's not going to be able to throw over the line and then also say that the defensive linemen or linebackers are going to be able to see everything. He's going to be hidden in a lot of chaos. I think the more chaotic we can make our backfield, the better with Bryce Young. Kind of like the Chiefs have or used to have with um, Alex Smith. And they've done a lot of the similar stuff with Patrick Mahomes, but with Pat Mahomes, you know, any you could run any offense and it would work well. Uh, but they, before Pat Mahomes even got there, they did a lot of like they had a lot of speed receivers, a lot of action in the backfield, a lot of motion. Some of the most successful offenses in the NFL have the most motion in the NFL. Someone like the Dolphins or the Chiefs both have a lot of motion, a lot of pre-snap motion. Where I think the actual bar is if they have someone in motion at the time of the snap I want to say and um, so basically just getting that potential energy and turning it into kinetic energy and get it moving one direction or the other you obviously can't have a guy moving toward the line of scrimmage during when the ball is snapped but I think it's important that if you create more chaos create more motion you get speedy guys a head start you what well, we don't have Two too many speed guys I and mean, we do have a lot of speed Chark was a 4-3 something guy Chenault was pretty speedy I think Terrace Marshall ran a 4-4 four, four. Adam Thielen's not the speed guy but if you get those guys in motion create some chaos in the backfield get Bryce Young some RPOs get him some options get him the playbook really you want to be able to unlock the entire playbook with him and with his brain you feel like anything is possible in terms of unlocking the entire playbook and when you unlock the entire playbook you unlock those audibles that he can get to it's like if you only have one tool and you have to (laughs) screw it a screw and you only have a hammer you gotta figure out a way to get that screw in there with the hammer if you have more tools at your disposal then you can just pull out a screwdriver and i think that's a horrible metaphor to say that the more options that Bryce Young has in the middle of a game when the coach goes out, for those of you who don't know, the coach's voice goes out after I believe, it used to be 20 seconds. So after the play clock hits 20, the coach can no longer speak to the quarterback or the linebacker if it's on defense. So you want the coach to be able to be on the field with Bryce Young even when it's after that 20 seconds, between 20 seconds and one second, You want Bryce Young to be able to reach into any part of the playbook that he can to change the scheme, to change the line, to be able to switch into plays that are more advantageous for us. So I look forward to the point which Bryce Young can do that. Probably won't be until late in the season. These aren't things... These things are very complex. Very, very complex. And these playbooks are very complex. But you don't want to get too complex. Um, There have been some cases like the uh, commander slash Redskins slash football team where they mentioned that their playbook was just overly complicated and hard to execute we don't want that case even though we do have someone who is very smart Uh, the thing about Bryce Young is he will make those decisions very quickly so you want to put him in a simple look to be able to get to different parts of it and to be able to make decisions quickly and just hit one two three back to one and I'll talk about Bryce Young's games that he played in his senior year or his last year and what those look like to me and his teams tomorrow because I got to watch some of his games and I always hate when podcasters or people are like I was watching game film and I'm like so you you watch the game that's you watch the game you're not we're not coaches we're not players we don't have any insider knowledge Maybe you have experience, maybe you don't, but don't say you're watching film when you're just watching the games. That's all I did. I watched, I Googled every throw from Bryce Young versus and picked out his worst games or picked out the closest games or the best opponents. Like I didn't want to watch Bryce Young every throw versus Utah State. I'm sorry. That's not going to show me anything. I want to watch Tennessee when they were sending six guys every play or. LSU and he struggled throughout the game and that was maybe his worst game in his career Uh, or the comeback wins or some of the best games that he had you want to watch everything against quality opponents um, or bad games against bad opponents and see what was going on he didn't have many of those though Uh, but I'll go over that tomorrow Uh, but overall all that to say I think that These more simple looks can be an advantage to a smart quarterback with good decision-making because you allow him to just really exceed at those simple looks and that simple playbook. Of course, I mean simple in terms of the NFL, not simple in terms of simpletons like me. You have to think of it in the context of the NFL. Even a quote-unquote simple look or a simple playbook in the NFL is something that is very complex. But again, we brought in all these quarterbacks for a reason, and um, if you notice, Jacob Eason is no longer on the team. Frank Reich specifically mentioned it was to get Matt Corral more reps. I think that in a way, Frank Reich sees some of Matt Corral in him, uh, where he is the proverbial starting, or sorry, backup quarterback in the NFL. Matt Corral was asked specifically about his post on his Insta story, and I think that's Time to let it go as well. The dude was emotional. He made a dumb decision. It's not like he caught a case or killed somebody or got in a car accident or got a DUI or something like that. It's time to let it go. He made a simple post. He sounded a little bit like a middle school girl, but you know, at the end of the day, he deleted it. That's all it was. He said it was something personal. We know that's probably not true. It could be, but probably not. And you know, at least he had the the wherewithal to first delete it and then second lie about it so you know i'm not i don't blame him at all for that i think that it is important to kind of grow up and learn from these mistakes and move past them and i think it's time and it's probably frustrating for him because he never even got a chance And last year especially with the panther struggles that was really his shot to kind of prove his worth and he didn't get it he had it take it away from him so you know you you really do have to feel for the guy but ultimately at the end of the day he is a man he makes his own decisions and i hope that he makes the correct ones from now on Uh, but i don't think that that was that big of a deal Uh, remember he's like what 22 23 i was pretty dumb at that age too i'm still pretty dumb but you're doing dumb stuff then it happens as far as dumb stuff goes it's pretty freaking mild so You're not going to hear any more complaints from me about it, unless it turns into a theme with him, like if he starts posting practice clips on his Insta story or something. But they chose him over Jacob Eason. There's really no no situation in which I saw them not choosing Matt Corral, because he's very cheap at this point. He's on a rookie contract as a third-rounder, and he's a third-string quarterback. We're going to get to dress those without it counting against our roster spot. So... He's cheap, he doesn't count against our roster spot, and he's a good kid with some potential. Well, it's it's like a win-win-win all around. So there's not going to be a better situation for him right now either. It's like, you'll get a chance to play. Andy Dalton's on his way out. You might become the like career coach backup quarterback, but that's not a bad gig. That's better than most people's job. Just ask Charlie Whitehurst. He made a career of it. Ask Frank Reich. He's in the building. He made a career of it. It's not so bad being a proverbial backup quarterback. You get to hold a clipboard and you get paid pretty good money. So yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I will see y'all later. Peace.